Hello, welcome to the home podcast. Uh, I've been a little behind on these, so sorry. Eh. But not many people have noticed, so whatever. We're still going to keep on doing them. And yet again, I'll say it again, I said in the last one, but uh, we still don't have the technology to um, do this real time. So this is an old message that I preached on the second ever um, the home dot church um, service, which we're still having them. Uh, we're still doing it every single Saturday night, and it starts at six, goes till nine. Uh, what I mean by it starts at six is that the doors open at six, so you can come and have coffee and treats and talk to some cool people and then we'll start service shortly after that and yeah that's just the way it's going to be it's kind of cool um making friends and going by the definition of what community actually means instead of what we've made it to mean so yeah um we're doing good yeah we're doing good but i'll take a little bit to do a few announcements um that uh that Blake did the other past couple Saturdays of, hey, we, uh, you know, doing ministry isn't free, and uh, it's we're doing it a cheap way, uh, but we still need uh, we still need funding for what we want to do. Um, so what we want to do is we want to like literally buy a house um, and turn it into a community center. Um, that's that's open seven days a week um, for people to hang out and uh, do whatever they need to do there. Um, whether it's schoolwork or hang out with friends, hang out with a leader. And we'll have a youth group for middle school and high school students and um, church on Sundays and, and fun stuff like that. So it's that's our goal um, and we're really close to achieving that we just need a couple couple more dollars <laughs> not a couple more but we, we need some more dollars um, and to make that make that uh, vision happen um, so yeah if you want to get involved in that just go to our website and our, at our website you can figure out all that we're trying to do I mean just click on that uh, coming soon tab and that pretty much maps out everything that we're that we're going after, that uh, that the Lord gave us vision for. Um, that's that's what we're doing. We're going after it. So look at that coming soon tab. Look at what we're about on the about tab. And uh, then if you like what you see, or if you don't like what you see, frankly, uh, go to the donate tab <laughs> and uh, be a part of this. Um, get involved in this. Uh, we're not Kickstarter, so I don't have anything to give back to you um, once the goal is done, but um, it is, it's a cool thing, and uh, we're excited of what, what it's going to do. Our whole entire vision is to renovate culture and renovate community, and uh, yeah, we're excited about it. But that's all. Uh, that's all I'm gonna. I don't know. Try to sell you on. It feels weird, but whatever. Be a part of the Lord's work. I'm not gonna put that guilt stuff on you, but just be a part of it. Um, because we are a kingdom-minded ministry, and we're going after it with all we've got. Um, none of us are taking a salary. Um, all of it's just being dumped back into the ministry, and that's the way it's going to be for a long time.
until uh, we need a full-time person. So get involved because uh, it's going to make an eternal impact, and that's pretty sweet. It's pretty cool to be a part of. But shifting gears, um, this uh, this week's podcast is titled Gods, um, and don't shut it off yet. Uh, it is a lowercase g. <laughs> um, there is only one uppercase um, god, um, but so often we, uh, if we're aware at all, we are. There's a tension in everything that we do, and we uh, attention of what we buy into, attention of who do we say Jesus is, and essentially what god are we actually following um and it's not an easy thing to overcome um and i feel like sometimes i've overcome it for like a day and then it's like oh then i have this new obsession um uh so i'm not going to tell you that it's an easy topic to overcome but then again i do believe things can happen instantly and i think the lord can do things instantly um and i think that's sprinkled throughout the throughout the bible of just Hey, uh, your faith has made you well. Ta-da, you're healed. Get up and dance and walk and sing. That kind of stuff, you know? Um, so we have this tension of, of all sorts of stuff. And, and if we think about it, there's a lot of so-called truths out there. And there's a, so, there's a lot of opinions out there is a better way to put it. Um, so here's a couple stats for you. Um, or one stat that is molded between a lot of stats. And bear with me, whatever. So this this is based this it's a survey, not a stat. Yes, it's a survey. This survey is based on ten thousand people. Okay. I'm not going to tell you about the ten thousand people yet, but these ten thousand out of these ten thousand people, twenty two percent of them say Jesus sinned while he was on Earth. Uh, so first of all, one problem with that is that uh, if that's true then Christianity is dead. Then I'm a lunatic and I've dedicated my entire life to this guy named Jesus who uh, was false. Um, so 22% say that Jesus uh, sinned while he was on earth. Okay, 38% um, of those 10,000 people say you can go to heaven by just being a good person. Frankly, if we look at the stats and that survey, that's actually pretty good. Okay, only 22%, that's pretty good. Only 38%, it's pretty good. Um, that means 78% say Jesus was truly perfect. That's pretty good. Um, in 10,000 people, that's pretty good. 62% say being a good person isn't enough uh, to go to heaven. Again, if we look at that just alone, of 10,000 people, that's good. But let me tell you about the 10,000 people. Um, the 10,000 people who were surveyed, uh, these were Christians. Uh, and uh, better yet, they were Christians who were there on Sundays. They were there in youth group. They were there in camps. And they were Christians. So that means... Only 78% of 10,000 believing Christians say that Jesus was truly perfect. And only 62% of believing Christians, 10,000 believing Christians, say that it's good enough, that it isn't good enough to go, that it's not good enough to be just a good person. 
you know that's that's kind of a bummer you know it's sad it and in a lot of ways it kind of makes me sick um because that's a bummer uh it's just like what are what are our churches doing and what are our pastors doing and what am i doing you know um so the question we have to ask ourselves is who do we say jesus is who is jesus um let me let me let me just tell this right off the bat. Do you know Christianity is tangible and interactive? And I hope you're in your car or wherever you are and you're nodding your head up and down. And next one is do you know that all the stuff in the Bible actually happened? Do you know that demons are real? Do you know healing in Jesus name is real? And do you know that Pentecost actually happened? You see Jesus is God. But most people, and maybe some of you listening, are not experiencing how saturating he is in every aspect of our lives. So we're going to kind of go after two questions in this podcast. Uh, First question is, who is Jesus to you? And then the second question is, what God are you actually following? Which are easy questions to ask. Um, but when you really dive into those questions, they're really hard to answer. So we're going to, we're going to read through a couple different scriptures, um, in this. Uh, but the first one is Luke 9, 12 through 20. And it was funny because when I was preaching this, it was pretty dark in the basement where we're having services and I couldn't see it all. So I just looked like an idiot trying to read this. So I hope I don't sound like an idiot trying to read this the second time. But here we go. Luke 9, uh, verses 12 through 20. Now the the day began to wear away, and the twelve came and said to him, Jesus, send the crowd away to go into the surrounding villages and countryside to find lodging and get provisions, for we are in a desolate place. But he said to them, You give them something to eat. They said, We have no more than five loaves and two fish, unless, unless we are to go and buy food for all these people. For there were about 5,000 men. So that's a lot of people that they were uh, they were trying to feed. 5,000 men. So I think Rick in uh, service said it was probably around 15,000 uh, people between wives and kids and, and that kind of stuff. Um, for there were about 5,000 men. Picking up in verse 14. Um, and he said to his disciples... Have them sit down in groups of about 50 each. And they did. And had them all sit down. And after and taking the five loaves and two fish, Jesus looked up into heaven and said blessing over them. Then he broke the loaves and gave them to the disciples to set before the crowd. And they all ate and were satisfied. And what was left over was picked up, 12 baskets of broken pieces. Verse 18. Now it happened that as as he was praying alone, the disciples were with him. And he asked them, Who do the crowds say I am? And they answered, John the Baptist. But others say Elijah. And others, that one of the prophets of old has risen. Then he said to them, But who do you say that I am? And Peter answered, The Christ of God. So a pretty wild story. His disciples are posse and kind of... Uh, 
keeping you guys up to date of what's going on in service, we coined the term Jesus and the boys. Okay? Nah, whatever. If you don't like it, it's funny. Um, his disciples um, are tired and hungry probably at the beginning of this passage. And they tell Jesus to send everybody away to go eat. And Jesus says, why don't you just feed them? And it was probably one of those moments where they were like, shoot, we shouldn't have asked that. We shouldn't even have brought it up. We should have just let it happen. And they would have all just went away anyways. And I can relate to this because if you know me, I, uh, I've been painting houses for a long time. And I'm, I finally got the opportunity to uh, lead a crew and be in charge of a crew for the last couple of years. And uh, sometimes some of the newer guys come up to me and say, hey, uh, Lex, what do you want me to do now? Because they finished their task. And I, and I tell them their next task, and sometimes it's not really what they want to hear. And they have, uh, they have that same, oh crap moment, why did I ask that? You know? And that, some of that you guys could relate to um, in your workplace of like, hey boss, what, what should I do next? Or, hey, uh, I opened my mouth <laughs> kind of thing. Uh, but anyways, then, uh, then uh, they all reply, Jesus, uh, we just have two fish and five loaves. And we have to feed 5,000 people. And then Jesus says, have everybody sit in groups of 50. Groups of 50, okay? That's big. And catch this. The disciples do it. They do it. That's crazy. Uh, they have 12 fish, 5 loaves, hardly enough to feed like one, one person <laughs> or like a family, you know? And Jesus has them sit into groups of 50 and then the disciples say, oh, okay. Let me ask you a question. What do you think they were mumbling to each other as they were telling people to huddle into 50s? As the disciples were walking away from Jesus saying, hey, uh, we don't have any food, but they're hungry. Uh, and then Jesus says, hey, uh, feed them. And then sit them in groups of 50 and we'll feed them. And then they walk away to go separate them into 50. What do you think the disciples were talking? Or... Let me take it a step further. Who do you think the disciples said Jesus was in this moment? And I'll be frank with you. If I was there and I was one of the disciples, I would be like, this guy is a nut. This guy's a lunatic. There's no way we can do this. Everybody's going to get like a, a crumb. A crumb and a scale for dinner. And it's going to feel them and it's going to make them full. Uh, I would be like thinking, man, this guy better be legit. So as the story goes on, Jesus took the food in his hands and prayed over it and blessed it and then gave to the disciples and they started passing it out to 5,000 men. And everybody ate and was satisfied. And there was a ton of leftovers, 12 basketfuls. And every time I read this story, um, I think of uh, Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs. Uh, you know that scene where the food is pouring from the sky? I think the same thing is happening with uh, in the, this story. Like fish and bread are just falling from the sky to provide for the people. And 
another part that I love is that the writer, uh, Luke, um, uh, includes that everybody was satisfied. <laughs> and, you know, the last satisfying meal I had was uh, um, I had a bison steak. And holy cow, was that good. Or, I mean, like every time I have Chipotle, I'm always satisfied after that. Or there's this new place. It's called Dog House. I think that's how you say it. Dog House. H-A-U-S. House. <laughs> Dog House. Like, yeah, whatever. It's on Arapahoe and Peoria in, uh, like, Centennial. And oh my gosh, is it good. It's a burger place. Or a hot dog place, whichever one you want to decide. It's so good. And no, that was not an ad. That was not an ad that I just dropped their name. And Chipotle. Yeah, they did not pay me. I wish they did. That'd be cool. So, in this story, Jesus had a little and turned it into more than enough. And it was not like store brand. It was legit brand. It was good. It was good food and they were all satisfied. So now, think of, think of this. Who is Jesus to the disciples now? Who is he now? I mean, at first, I was thinking, man, he was probably a lunatic telling him to go sit everybody in 50s. Uh, but now he actually made it rain, and he made it happen. Who is Jesus to the disciples now? So let's, uh, I'm going to reread um, 18 through 20 in Luke 9. And yeah, let's just do that. 18 through 20. Now it happened that Jesus was praying alone and the disciples were with him. And he asked them, who do the crowds say that I am? And they answered, John the Baptist. But others say, Elijah. And others that one of the prophets of old has risen. Then he said to them, but who do you say that I am? And Peter answered, the Christ of God. So, Jesus asked the first question of who do the crowds say I am? And this isn't, uh, this isn't like Jesus being insecure and looking for approval um, from, from all, all the people around him. Like, at a, like an elementary kid in the, in the, on, on recess. He's not like pulling over his friends who were just hanging out with the popular crowd saying, oh, hey, hey, what do those guys think of me kind of thing. No, he was just, he was... He wanted to hear what the culture was saying about him. Um, and the and they answered, hey, he's John the Baptist, who was a good teacher. So, okay, uh, he was Elijah uh, to, the, to the culture, um, uh, who was a good prophet. Um, and then other prophets that they listed off. And then Jesus asks in verse 20, who do you say that I am? Who do you say that I am? Am I just a magician? A genie waiting for your next wish? A crazy God? Just another God? A lunatic? A good teacher? A prophet? Savior? God? And Peter answered, Christ of God. This is cool. There's a lot in that just... I don't know, two verses of, hey, what does culture say that I am? And who do you say that I am? And what's amazing and that I really want to drive home for a little bit is 
the culture's answer did not change the disciples answer and this is a good question to ask ourselves hey what does culture say about jesus not a lot you know they don't really talk about him at all um or if they do it's just he's they're more talking about the people who follow jesus who are just obviously terrible people (laughs) that was sarcasm um but it's a good question to say and sit down at the end of your day and say, hey, who, who was Jesus in culture today? What did America say about Jesus? What did the world say about Jesus today? And then at the end of your day, who was Jesus to me? Who was Jesus to me today? Was he anything? Did we even think about him? Pretty hard, pretty hard uh, realization. But the good news is, is that we're not uh, we're not alone, and that's uh, pretty comforting. So in in John chapter fourteen, verses four through ten, I'll I'll just read those real quick. Um, here it is. Okay, and you know the the and you know the way to where I am going going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going. How can we know the way? Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you if you had known me, you would have known my Father also. From now on, you know him and have seen him. Philip said to him, Lord, show us the Father, and it is enough for us. Jesus said to him, have, have I been with you so long and you still do not know me, Philip? Whoever has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Do you not believe that I am the Father and the Father is in me? The words that I say to you, I do not speak on my own authority, but the Father who dwells in me does his works. So, Guess what? The guys in the Bible struggled with who Jesus is. <laughs> and that what's crazy is they touched him. They saw him. They experienced him. They saw healings um, done by him. They saw demons cast out by him. They heard his voice. They heard him teach. Uh, and they struggled. It's pretty comforting, right? Who do you say Jesus is? Who do you say I am? What a dynamic question. And it's a hard question to answer without answering this question first. And it is, what God are you actually actually following? I mean, you can't determine who Jesus is without knowing who your God is. And you can't truly understand, it's kind of like this, you can't truly understand a kid until you really understand who their parents are and how they raised that kid. Then you can have a better grasp on the kid. So, what God are you following? And think through this. What God are you actually following? Some of us put more faith in things like girlfriends or boyfriends and rely on their love. 
and we don't necessarily need God's love. Or we put more faith in money. Uh, if I have enough, I could buy everything I need, and that's ah, easier to rely on money than a God that I can't see. Or friends, they'll be there for me, no matter what. Parents, they'll bail me out no matter what. Grades, they map out my future. What school I go to, they map out my future. All of these can turn into gods. I was talking to a guy, eh, what was it, uh, this week, and this guy is, this guy's God is money, honestly. Um, every single time I talk to this guy, it is all about uh, how I'm going to get the next, how I'm going to get the next pay grade, how I'm going to next get the next, get the, um, assets or uh, whatever it is of how I can get more cash in my pocket. That can turn into a God so fast. Um, it's all, uh, and one thing that, that is so important in this question of what God are you following is what do you worship? What do you spend most of your time pursuing? What, uh, yeah, man, this is so hard. You know, <laughs> cause uh, it's so hard, cause we we want all the cool things, we want the cute girlfriend and cute boyfriend, and we want the cool friends, and we want good relationship with our parents, and we want good grades, and we want to go to a cool school. But are we putting it on such a high pedestal that we're putting more faith on those things and more worship on those things than we are on our actual father? They can turn into gods. What if we were to rely completely on God's love? What if, we, what if we were to put much so much faith in God that we know that he can buy everything we need? Or that we know God will be there for us no matter what. Or he'll bail us out no matter what. And he maps out our future no matter what. It can all turn into God's. You know what else can turn into God's? Fear, stress, image, social media appearance, insecurity, being needed, or our jobs. Let me ask you something. Have any of these things let you down before? Hey, has your boyfriend or girlfriend let you down before? Answer is yes for me. Um, has money let you down before? Yeah, because there's never enough of it. <laughs> Have your friends let you down before? Yep, and I've been one of those friends. Have your parents let you down before? Probably. Have your grades and what school you go to and how you map out your future let you down before? Yeah. Yeah. The cool thing is that I know uh, I, I have an issue with all these things. But the cool thing is, is I know only one God who will never let us down. I know a God who knows you. I know a God who loves you regardless. I know a God who will provide for you. I know a God who will always bail you out. And I know a God who holds the blueprints of your life. Man, is that comforting or what? That's excellent news. There's no better news than that.
And if we actually are putting our faith in the God of heaven and the true God, capital G God, capital G-O-D God, <laughs> I mean, it makes things easier. That's why the prosperity gospel is so scary is because we put money and and that ties into our faith. That's like, uh, no, no, it doesn't work that way. Hey, our faith just goes to God and he'll, ta he'll take care of everything. In 2 Samuel chapter 22, verses 32 through 36, it reads this. For I have kept the ways of the Lord. And I have not acted wickedly against my God. For all his ordinances were before me, and all his statutes I did not depart from them. I was also blameless toward, toward him, and I kept myself from iniquity. Therefore, the Lord has recomb... Oh gosh. I don't know how to say that word because I'm so dumb. Recompensed. I don't know if that's it. Me according to his righteousness. According to my cleanliness before his eyes. With the kind, with the kind you show yourself kind. With the blameless you, sh blameless, you show yourself blameless. With the pure, you show yourself pure. With the perverted, you show yourself astute. And you save an afflicted people. But your eyes are on the haughty whom you abase. For you are my lamp, O Lord, and the Lord illumines my darkness. For by you I can run on upon a troop, but my God I can leap over a wall. As for God, his ways is blameless. The word of the Lord is tested. He is a shield to all those who take refuge in him. For who is God besides the Lord? And who is a rock besides our God? God is my fortress, and he sets the blameless in his way. And he makes my feet like hinds feet, and he sets me on high places. He trains my hands for battle so that my arms can bend a bow of bronze. You have also given me a shield of your salvation, and your, your help makes me great and your help makes me great that's incredible and sorry i struggled reading that so much uh, i just it's been a long day who is the lord but our rock and our foundation and sometimes we view the bible as a fairy tale a fairy tale rather than real life we treat the stories as nursery rhymes and um, they have truth but the characters are fake and what if we took the Bible as an invitation to experience how Jesus is. Because guess what, guys? God is not in the business of fear, anger, insecurity, stress, and anxiousness. God is a God of fullness and vibrancy, and the Bible and, and these writings are from God to draw us closer to him. That is freaking awesome. So let's increase our reliance on God, not things and people. I've been... I've been so excited to sh record this uh, because it sounds like a couple of you are listening to this who can't be um, coming to Saturdays. Um, but this is a message a lot of people need to hear of just, hey, let's get our priorities straight. 
let's just refocus on uh, what we're what we're worshiping and what we're actually following. Are we following the next trend or are we following Jesus? Are we following the next um, hashtag or social media thing, or are we just focusing on Jesus? Or are we following into what culture is saying about Jesus? Ask yourself that after you shut this podcast off. Hey, what did culture say about Jesus today? And then follow up with that and say, hey, who is Jesus to me today? And it's not you, it's not you just like demanding Jesus to be a healer just on this day. Because that's not fair. Because you're not God, he is. And he gets to decide what he wants to do. But it's good to reflect on, hey, what did, what did the Lord do for me today? And who was Jesus to me today? Sometimes we just treat God as a rock. One who just pulls us up. Like I've talked about in the podcast Rock and Roll. But God is the rock. He's the only one who is a firm foundation who wants to be built on and who will never let us down. Man, that's comforting. So I hope this uh, this encouraged you and um, I hope to hear from you guys, um, whoever's listening. Um, so yeah, that's, uh, that's, the, that's the message of the second ever the home.church service in the history of ever. So I hope this encouraged you. Um, I'm going to try to record the third ever um, sometime this week before Saturday so I can get caught up. And uh, yeah, that's all I've got for you. Come check us out in person on Saturdays. Um, I'd love to have you. Um, you can find us on Facebook and Instagram. Um, it's always slash the home life. And life is spelt with, an, uh, with a Y, L-Y-F-E. And our website is www.thehomelife.org. And uh, yeah, thanks for listening. I hope this encouraged you.